Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good night. It's, it's November. I almost said it's December. It's November 12th, 2017. The Knicks went 2-1 this week. And LeBron's talking junk. Cheese just left. Hey, look, let's talk Knicks. Let's do it. The New York Knicks select Kristaps Porzingis. Toast and toes, puffing and stuffing. Again, igniting and exciting the garden crowd. What's going on? How's everybody doing? We're the a lot of basketball talking Knicks guys. I'm Jake Storielli coming live from Denver. If you hear me heavily breathing, I went up a couple flights of stairs and still haven't recovered. It was, I had to bring my dog. The whole thing was a mess. Kenny. What's I'm Noodle's? By... First, I want to know, what's what's Noodle's uh, Instagram handle again? At Noodle the Doodle Dog. Um, That's for all you for, uh For, for any fans. of the fans. Uh, yeah, check it out. It's I don't have access to the account. It's just the dog running it. So, um, but yeah, I had – Pretty, pretty solid weekend. I'm going backwards in life. I, I bought an Xbox and I, I gamed all weekend. It was actually pretty, pretty delightful. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny Poon. We're joined by the Poon Bros again. We got Kenny Poon joining us. Ken, how was your weekend, babe? Uh, it's not great, man. I've been sick for the last, I don't know, five or six days. I was supposed to run a, a half marathon yesterday. Got out of that just by being sick. So take note, anyone out there who's you know signed up for a, a half marathon. If you want to get out of it, just get sick beforehand. Smart. Um, other than that, I spend most of the weekend just like laying on my couch and laying in, in bed, just watching movies. Saving Private Ryan on, was on last night, so you know had to catch up on that. Uh, there were some Knicks games, so I watched those. You know, live living the dream. Not bad. What, what about Greg? Greggy Poon. How's your weekend? Uh, happy Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day to you as well. Uh, Thank you. Another good weekend. I uh, didn't watch Saving Private Ryan. I watched Saving Silverman. Another good film. Yeah. Uh, what else did I do? I watched the Knicks play. They won a game. And then last night I was on Netflix and there was this new movie. I don't know if it was new. There was just a movie with one of the linemen from the replacements in it. And I was like, I got to watch this movie. Nice. One of the worst movies ever. But, oh yeah, I mean. That's I mean, like, since the selling point was like it's one of the linemen from the replacements, you that you know it's going to be bad. But I was like, I still got to see it. Which which, which one was it? Yeah, I was going to say. I'm a son of a bitch. I'm a son of a bitch. Is that good? Oh, Obviously. oh, I'm a son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll start start out with a few some bitches, and that's 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 how we're talking Knicks this week. And I guess the the real son of a bitch, uh, cheese. Our our buddy Mindagas Kuzminskis uh, waved by the team. What do um you know? Last year he was fifteen minutes a night, six two and one. I don't know. It it's kind of some mixed emotions. I mean, we're not demoralized, but what what do we think, Ken? I mean, the big thing about Cheese was like I liked him as a person. You know, he was happy and stuff, and like 
he was he was good hanging around hanging out with uh, KP like they were boys. So that's the big thing uh, for me as a player. You know, he sometimes last last year he looked like he was a real player in this league. He would you know make a bunch of threes, get to the hoop, dunk on people a couple times, and then sometimes he just looked like he had absolutely no idea how to play basketball. We, we're at the point this year where we have like a lot of guys who know how to play basketball. So Kuz kind of got pushed back, but I know coming in this summer, there was a lot of kind of excitement because he, he went off a little bit at uh, the FIBA, FIBA Euros. And I know he dunked on Billy. He dunked on a couple people and had just a, a great time there. I think he averaged uh, 15 points a game there. So and shooting uh 36% from three. And I mean, I know it's a shorter three, but still, it's, a, it's it's what you like to see from a guy like that, like a potential stretch four. So, uh, you know, I like him. I, I wish him the best moving forward and, uh, you know, sorry to see him go. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Good guy. Cheese, always smiling. But smiling doesn't make you good at basketball, unfortunately. And like we said, like Kenny, I mean, I, I could just repeat everything that Kenny said. Yeah. Last, last year, you would see him do a good job sometimes, and then on his off nights, you were just like, "I've I've never seen anyone play worse than this guy." He thought he was a shooter, but he really wasn't a shooter. Shot thirty two point one percent from three last year, uh, which is not good for a shooter. It's probably below league average, I think. And uh, I got a good one for you. Played two minutes this year, and per. Minus forty one point eight seven. Just that's uh, not bad. Those are a sad two minutes, man. Like he was he, just he, he just got the ball and was like, I need to score a point right now. I have to. This is the only time I'm ever gonna get in the game. They're gonna or they're gonna cut me. And he was he was right. He didn't score, so they cut him. Sorry, sorry to see you go. You're a good guy, Cheese. Come back as soon as we get rid of Ron Baker. <laughs> yeah. Word. Yeah, yeah, those are right on. Those are, those are those are going to be a fun two years. Yeah, it was funny. I mean, he used to finish some games for the team last year, which was almost unbelievable. But it was the games when he was playing kind of dynamic. So um, let's we'll we'll dive into I the week. Oh, I just want, I just want to throw one more thing out there. Is like he was a little older than people thought because like he just looks like he's like fifteen years old, but he's actually I think twenty seven or twenty eight. So he's just a little older than everyone else, and like he'll by the time he's you know winding up his his prime, which he's in right now, averaging uh, 14 uh, minutes a game last year. Um, you know, everyone else is going to be hitting their peak. So it, it makes – it's not as bad of a, a cut from that perspective as people a lot of people think. Yeah, and also uh, the other options of people to cut were, what, Ramon Sessions, pretty much only Ramon yes. Sessions. Yes, But the thing is, we – We've as much as we've said bad things about Ramon Sessions, we've agreed that he's looked like a backup point guard. So once once you have him as your number three point guard, that's like a a pretty solid number three point guard, to be honest. And, Ramon Sessions great in the, the third point guard role. Yes. Bad in the number one point guard, great in the number three point guard. Uh other options to cut. Joe Kim Noah can't possibly cut him. Makes way too much money. Um Who's the other guy? Ron Baker. Be him too bad of a contract. If they didn't give Ron Baker the player option for next year, he very well may be the one to be gone. But they did. So if they cut him, they'd have to pay him that full four million plus plus the four million he's owed this year. So they didn't do that. 
So eating three million dollars for Jesus, it was the financial way to go. <clears throat> yeah, Plus, I mean we 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 could bring that up almost every episode. It's it's a tough one, but ba- Baker Loki has the worst contract on the team. I don't know his is awful, but he's a player coach. But Baker, man, that's pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah, and then also you you need the you need to have the good third point guard because our starting point guard is forty five years old. And injury prone, so it's good right. to have him well, as, the, as the third string instead of Ron Baker. So I agree, Cheese was the right one to go. I guess um, I'm not too attached to the remote sessions, but I understand the decision. How you just described Jared Jack just insulted me to my core. It felt like he is, if not an All Star, I don't know. No, Jared Jack will never be near. Any game where the best players play. That sounded that sounded even worse. All right. We uh buy cheese. We'll uh hey if nobody takes you, we'll sign you to the Westchester Knicks. I don't know, man. We we like you. No bad feelings. Um let, let's dive into the week a little bit, right? So we had three games. <laughs> Excuse me. We we opened with the Nuggets. Um big comeback. The garden was rocking again. Great times. Uh we play the the now dominant Eastern Conference powerhouse, the Orlando Magic, and they beat us without Zinger. So that's kind of what it was, without Zinger and with Kuzminskis. So, um, and then we play the Kings and and get a nice little W. KP's still been knocking out of the park. And I my my thought press process right before the show, because we were kind of talking about hey, what are we going to talk about this show? What are kind of some of the low-key things? What are some of the big things? And I thought it was funny that it was a two-in-one week, and it just kind of felt like, well, yeah, that's kind of what we do now. Like, it was (laughs) coming into the season, we didn't know if we'd have any of those weeks, really. And this was just kind of like, yeah, we had a a nice nice comeback game. And then, um, yeah, we we took care of business, and we we lost our game without KP. So, um, Kenny, Greggy, what what do you guys think on the week as a whole? If we lose a game that KP doesn't play, like it didn't even happen. So I'm not worried about that. As far as I'm concerned, we went two and zero this week and beat the two teams that we needed to beat. And uh, so I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I mean it. It felt pretty normal to me, to be honest. After the three and one week last week, uh, I know you said we played the Nuggets. It was actually the Hornets, both another one of those ads teams. So same thing to us. Yeah, they're both in the league. Yeah, sure. they both they both play basketball and they both lost to the Knicks, so they're both the same. No, it was. I watched Jokic play this week for the Nuggets for the first time, and that dude's good. <laughs> that dude's like really good. This is talking Jokic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Porzingis good. Other Knicks. Okay. Overall, good. Good week. I mean, we've 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 talked and said. Who have we really beaten so far? But we're not losing to, to bad teams. The only the worst team we lost to was the Magic this week without Porzingis. And it looked like we could beat them for the majority of that game. We were ugly, 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 ugly game. 23 or something turnovers. Just start to finish, just passing the Magic the ball. Team is just lost without Porzingis. But we're good with Porzingis, so that's what really matters. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, you got it, Ken. And that's, I mean, that's kind of a the point that I've been harping on with you guys is that 
you know, I know, I know we're feeling good and uh, we're, I think two games over 500 now, but if you look at the, you look at the standings and our schedule, we beat the nuggets are the only team we beat that is currently over 500. So, but like Greg said, we're, we're beating the teams that we're supposed to be beating. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, nothing against what the Knicks are doing. It's just, let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves with uh, thinking that, you know, this is going to sustain. <clears throat> and this week will be a good test of that with a couple of very good teams coming in. Let's, no. let's get ahead of ourselves. Why not? Agreed. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> Without um, Tom here, I, I have to be the one that kind of knocks us down a peg. When Tom gets back, you'll see, I'm going to be, I'm going to go full home around you guys. You okay? I'll, we we will look forward to that on talking next. I think uh, a, a couple things to note. I, kind of the then uh, I, I guess it'll kind of start off our layups this week, but it's it's also discussed in the week that was the bench mob is kind of being what we thought they could be. Like we we didn't know Zinger. Well, we hoped Zinger was going to take this kind of leap, but we thought it'd probably be more inconsistent. Man, the bench mob in all the games this week, I mean, I've been – McDermott, Lance Thomas, O'Quinn, uh, you know, Frankie Smokes. And in the games this week, I think Dougie Fresh had a, uh, a good plus-minus in every game. Kyle O'Quinn, um, you know, Frank can kind of turn into the starter the nights he's playing well, so I don't know if you want to put him or Jack there. But the the bench mob, the Knicks' depth, that's – hey, we, we had to wave cheese. Um the bench mob, bench mob doing their thing. What do you guys? Where, where are you guys on that? We like that, right? I'm a really, really big Doug McDermott fan. He just looks good out there. Every time he shoots it, you think it's going to go in. He hasn't. The funny thing is that he hasn't even been like knocked down from three, which is what we would think and what most NBA fans would expect from Doug McDermott. But he hasn't really been doing that, and instead he's been knocking it down from the mid range. He's been moving well off the ball. Doing a great job. Looks like a, a good contributor. Gonna be helping the Knicks all year, hopefully. So to go along with that, I got some stats for you because I'm a stats guy now. <clears throat> this week, Doug McDermott in the last three games, shooting 64% from the field and 66.7% from three. So yeah, was, you know, that's was, what you want from him. I, I was just looking at those stats too, Kenny. Six for nine from three this week. And he, the the comeback we're talking about against the Hornets. I mean, he was a huge part of that. He he had a couple pulls. He put up twenty points that night. And that so this kind of comes back to what we were. I, I forget if it was a week ago or two weeks ago, but we were talking about what do we expect from Doug McDermott. And I I think it was a question of, you know, this this guy for a couple years. I I guess he was kind of below his expectations. He never really got the consistent playing time. I mean, do we think this guy can be like a starter? Do we do we think he's going to start a couple games for us? He was, I mean, so you know, he has that twenty point game on the week. He averaged eleven point three, which I think is tied for fourth on the team scoring wise this week. Is are we capped off at Doug McDermott being? Like a pretty good bench option. Yeah, I'm for that. Um, I think the obvious comparison is Kyle Korver, but I mean Kyle Korver's way better shooter, not than the the 67 percent. Apparently, right. I'm, I, I'm out. I'm out here saying that he he hasn't been knocked <laughs> down. Kenny Sandy shooting 67 percent on the week. He was 0 for two 
last night though so i exactly so i'm right if you think about it and he's getting really good looks like i i know what you're saying greg like he's he's had a couple ones that he's been wide open and he hasn't made yet which i don't know it's basketball you can't really harp on that but yeah dougie fresh and uh the the well, the thing that I love kind of watching is he's been getting a lot of like backdoor cuts, which is just that, you know, you don't see that enough anymore where like guys are losing their guys on back guy cuts, backdoor cuts and getting easy layups. And like, that's great to see. And like, he's hitting his jumpers, but, but also he's, he's playing hard on D, which was a question mark coming in. Like people didn't know, like everyone thought he was a minus defender and he's, he's still not a great defender, but like he's trying hard and he's like staying in front of his man. So Really, yeah, uh, I really can't knock the effort there. I'm, I'll, I'll be interested to see how the season develops. If you know, before the season, we were talking about Courtney Lee potentially being traded. I, I mean, I, I think we're away from that. By the way, Courtney Lee nine assists uh, against the Hornets, which pretty, pretty nice, Courtney. Um, that's twenty points last night or two nights ago, whenever it was. Yeah, so he's he's I'm playing sick. pretty I lost solid. Of time. <laughs> he, he he's the other one averaging 11.3 points this week um and yeah koq doing his thing and hey the other topic that we brought brought up was lance thomas in previous weeks he's he's found a serious role on this team and he's man defensively he's <laughs> when you start thinking about guys in the league that you know we we always talk about roberson on Oklahoma City, who's one of the best defenders in the league, but sometimes it's tough to watch him out there offensively. When I, you know, I'm we're, I'm a UConn fan, so I, I get tough on the Duke guys often. I didn't like Lance too much, and then he kind of had that nice season where he really became part of the team, and then he was injured, banged up last year. But when he's right, like I'm, I am enjoying our play from the three position when it's Dougie Fresh on offense and Lance on defense. Lance Thomas is the Knicks' longest tenured player. How does that hit you? Boom. I'm saying, but I I agree completely. Uh, watching down the stretch when uh, Hornacek has him and, and Frank out there on defense, like just causing havoc, like that's that's fun to watch. Like I'm, you know me, I'm a defense guy, and those guys, you know, they get up on you and they they you know make your life miserable, and you know it's defense leads to offense, so. It's, it's good stuff to see out there. Lance Thomas DNP CD last night, and uh, we won by thirty. So, yeah, it's kind of it's what what's going on there is. I mean, is Hornacek still feeling things out? Is it just if if the guys before Lance Thomas are playing well, then it's like, oh, sorry, Lance, we don't need you tonight. Like, what's <laughs> what's where's Lance at? I mean, it looks like a defense thing. Like, if we need somebody to actually do a good job on defense. You can go in, Lance, but if we think we can handle it without you, then we'll probably – I mean, this was the first time we've just outscored an opponent on the season, I think. Uh, other than all the other wins, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I mean. Right. I mean, like an actual – actual – actual actual, uh, <laughs> actual absolute destruction. We're going to have to edit that since I said the same I mean, thing like eight times in a row. I like that. We, I mean, we bury the Cavs the first game. Remember that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a weird spot we're in right now. And uh, someone who hasn't gotten mentioned yet on this pod is Michael Beasley. And I think he was another guy that people were like, maybe they should just cut him because, like, who knows what he's really doing? And he's been, you know, 
very hit or miss, but him and Lance, Lance <clears throat> excuse me, him and Lance Thomas are kind of playing the same position uh, in an, like an offense defense way where Beasley would go out there and just score like 10 straight points, but like not really do much else. And then sometimes he just won't be able to make a shot, but Lance will go out there and he'll be consistent and he'll, you know, he'll knock down an open three if he gets one and he'll play hard on defense. So it's just kind of whether you're looking for, you know, hitting it big with, with uh, Michael Beasley out there, or just getting the consistent minutes out of Lance Thomas. So we'll see what, what a uh, Hornacek does moving forward with that. Yeah. Be- Beasley's the only one we, we discussed it last week a little bit. He's his, his role isn't really defined yet. Like there's, <laughs> and I, I think that's okay now. Cause it still could be a good thing. Like he could be the, like the, the Knicks are looking bad tonight. Hey, throw Beasley in there. <laughs> just just kind of let him do his Beasley thing. Kind of uh, point four <laughs> Ben, <laughs> a D plus Ben Simmons. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll we'll see how that develops. And man, the 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 only guy that we really haven't mentioned, I mean, Cantor and Tim Hardaway did kind of ex- exactly what you expect. Cantor was um, like thirteen and eleven. Tim Hardaway Jr. was sixteen five and two. Man, Chris Stapps goes 34, 34 points, six rebounds, and four blocks on. On another week, we we keep saying it's not sustainable, but he's he's sustaining. He's sustaining, Jerry. I mean, I I feel like Costanza. I I I don't know. Like, what is this dude a thirty point per game guy? I know I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of going going to miss. Did someone just kill someone? I know I'm I'm going crazy on the kind of getting out of so order. So let me but, let me jump in there, Jake. Take a rest. Take a breather yeah. for a minute. Um, but I will say, like, after he, he sat out the Magic game and he came in in the Kings game, and, like, he missed his first couple of shots. And I'm like, all right, so he's going to come back to earth now, and, like, this is going to be the actual him. And then he just made, like, four straight threes and ended up scoring 34 points in the first three quarters. It's like, all right, well, maybe this is him. Maybe he's just going to go for 30 a night. Um, and, you know, if that's the case, great, because, like, he's not getting a ton of help from uh, from Tim Hardaway Jr. He's getting, a, he's getting much more than we, he expected from, you know, the Doug McDermott's and Ennis Cantor and, you know, those guys. But the the number two fiddle was supposed to be uh, Timmy Hardaway Jr. And he just hasn't been kind of up to snuff yet this year. So, you know, to the extent that Chris Stapps can keep this up and, like, then we really don't need that much out of anyone else, that'd be great. Yeah, and he could keep it up because who else are we going to pass the ball to? Uh like Kenny said, Tim Hardaway Jr. is the other option, and I have some mean things to say about Tim Hardaway Jr. that I'll I'll save for Ooh. for later. Maybe I love the guy. I think I don't know. Maybe I'm like indifferent at this point, but because of his contract, I love him. Love him. Love you on the team. I'll love you for the next four years. But I mean, keep giving Chris Tapps the ball. Then I guess he'll keep being seven foot three and shooting over people, and that's the key. Yeah, so, I mean, not a lot of players have figured that out yet. If Chris Evans is a revolutionary, you just got to be taller than everybody and shoot it over them. I mean, I, I can't tell you guys how bad I am at being seven foot three. It's, it's I, I mean, I can, I can agree to that. You're very bad at being seven foot three. Um, but that's the thing about what he does. It's like that makes it sustainable is – I mean, occasionally he'll have just like a crazy post move or something like that. But like a lot of his shots, he's just squaring up and shooting over people. And like, 
that's he can just do that forever. So what's to say he's not going to keep doing that? Yeah. 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 I hope so. Uh, I think Marvin Williams gave him a, a tough time, but when he had a guy like Dwight Howard on him, he, that, that was game over. You can't put a center. Like if the Knicks go small and put Porzingis at center, put their seven <laughs> foot three guy at center, then going small. Yeah. Then you got a, a mismatch no matter. I mean, you have a mismatch no matter who who is guarding him. But if the other team's actual center is guarding him, then it's like a serious mismatch. Yeah, and, and I – you got it, Ken. So two things to go along with that because, like, that's what we saw at the end of the Hornets game was they went small and they had Porzingis at five, which Hornets like said we're probably not going to see that much of. But, like – Dwight Howard was trying to guard him at the three-point line, and he ended up hitting that game-tying three and, like, scoring a bunch of points down the stretch. So it was like, you can't do that. And then the next test was the, ne- was the next game against the Kings. He went up against Willie Cauley-Stein, who everyone's like, all right, this is a seven-footer who can guard the perimeter. It's probably going to be able to, like, do something to stop him, and he just didn't. So, yeah. like, what can, what can you do? I don't know, and that's I, – I was going to say kind of going heavier into the grand scheme of thing, which will – I don't know if it's an end-of-year podcast, but it's – long-term, it's going to be interesting to see if he comes to grips with playing center or who they match up with him because, uh, I mean, where basketball is at, God, when if if he's out there at the five with, with a good four-man, the, the offense is kind of out of control. So, well, that's – that's something to look forward to in the Knicks. Right now, we'll, we'll enjoy what we're doing, and let's let's segue into our mid-range floaters. We're getting warm, shoot or shoot. Um, you know, you're in the paint. You don't know if you're going to get to the 10, so throw one up there, babe. Um, man, we've got Joe Kimnoe's coming back. Um, our buddy, our again, I say it in an optimistic thing, our player coach. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm going to keep the glass half full. The guys like him. He's getting paid like a star. He's garbage. <laughs> but, but um, I, I mean, what do we think? Is this guy going to be kind of in a Beasley position? Like there's going to be some nights when Hornacek kind of goes to him for a little action, whether it's on defense or moving the ball on offense, or is he going to be a steady part of the rotation? What do you guys think? I think he's going to be ahead of Willie uh, just for defensive purposes, but – I mean, his defense isn't what it used to be either, but Willie's is is bad. And so I think you're not going to see him play right away, to be honest. I think Cantor and O'Quinn have shown that they're very good and the Knicks have been doing well. So we're not going to mix in a guy who a lot of New York isn't too fond of uh, based on what he did last year and his contract just because of his contract. We're not going to just put him in the game because of that. He was brought in to be a starter. He's shown that he may not be a starter anymore. He's not our best center, not our second best center. So center is one of those positions where you can't just play a bunch of guys, which is why Willie has fallen out of favor too. And I don't know if you guys saw, but earlier this week he had um, Noah had a quote where he was just saying, whatever my role is, I'll accept it which is nice to hear because I don't foresee him getting many minutes. Like he's definitely going to be behind, you know, Porzingis, Cantor and uh, O'Quinn. Like I see, you know, him, <clears throat> him coming in if, you know, we need a shot of energy, but like that, that's what Kyle O'Quinn does too. So 
you know, I don't know that he's going to bring that much to the table. And like at this point in his career, like, I don't know that he's a better rebounder than Cantor or Quinn. Um, maybe he, he's a better defender uh, on the perimeter than either of those two guys, but I don't know. It, it's hard to be seen. And, you know, maybe he just comes in just for spot minutes, but honestly, I just don't see him getting a ton of burn um, at this point in his career. Yeah. I, I'm interested to see because, again, this guy has a skill set. This this is going to sound kind of dumb, but he's got a skill set that plays well with better players around him. (laughs) He's a big man who can pass and do some unique things. Um, He really struggled early last year kind of defensively. Some of the advanced stats were ugly, but he kind of had it back towards the end. Not not Defensive Player of the Year, Joe Camnoa, if he ever won that award or if I, I just made that up on the spot. But he was good. <laughs> he was he was first-team All-NBA one year, right? Um, I don't know. I, I think it's going to – I don't know if it's the next two weeks, the next whatever it is, back-to-backs. I mean, I think we're going to see a couple 20-minute ga- games out of Noah just to kind of see what he still has left in the tank because that could also become a factor in, you know, if we move O'Quinn – if we move Hernan Gomez, if we if we start looking into trades, it's kind of going to be important to know if Noah can give us a servable 15, 20 minutes a night or if he plays good basketball with these guys. I mean, we're talking about, you know, if you have him in a lineup with McDermott, uh, Porzingis, Courtney Lee, whoever you want to put out there shooters-wise, he can be a good big man to to move the ball and get shooter get shooters their good looks. So I don't know. So I'll say that I just don't think that he meshes well with uh, Porzingis at this point because right now they have Cantor out there and, you know, Cantor requires you to put a defender on him. Noah, I think they just play him like Roberson and, like, not guard him at all so it would make it much easier to send doubles. Um, And, you know, to this point in the season, uh, Porzingis has been good about passing out when a a double comes, but, like, he's passing out to guys who can shoot because everyone on the team is a threat offensively and Noah just isn't, so – you know, I just don't know how he matches. Maybe on a bench group, uh, he can get out there and play some bench minutes. But with Porzingis out there, I, I don't like the fit. Jake, to to talk about how good he used to be, Joe Kim Noah is the last Eastern Conference player other than LeBron James to be first team All NBA. So think about that. It's pretty wild. And that's how pretty good wild. the Knicks are. They're they're going to have a first team <laughs> All NBA center as their number three, maybe number four center. Going forward, hey, not bad. Knicks, Knicks are peacocking for sure. Um, no, it's it, – I don't know. I, I guess I'm a little uh, – slightly more optimistic than you guys. I, I could see – I don't know. With, with him with him and Porzingis on defense, I think that's about as much rim protection as you'll see in today's NBA. I think, like you said, he's – I've always loved that Noah's been an energy big guy. Like – you know, he, he's always going to play his heart out. He's one of the guys that's screaming on the court, hustling. I, I think you're going to see him and O'Quinn in a couple lineups just for the pure big guy energy rush. But we'll see how it develops. I, I will be – I don't know. I guess I wouldn't be surprised if he became kind of a part of the rotation because if he's right, Hornacek's kind of proved he's out here to win. So I, I don't know. I, that's how I end every statement now. I don't know, and I just hope you guys have a good comment because I'm I'm just babbling. Um, I, I guess so, I mean, something. Yes. 
He's. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say the idea of him and O'Quinn going out there and just being psychos together does sound fun. Right. Uh, I, I don't know if it's gonna happen, but it sounds fun. So I, I'm willing to hope that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the uh, the double center combination you don't you don't see that very much these days. So as much as we like it in theory, I don't know how it would play out on the court. Yeah, I, I, I'm not optimistic about it. I'd like to see it. I'm kind of in the same boat. It'd, it'd be fun for a couple minis. Um, I guess something that we kind of haven't discussed and we kind of didn't lay out too much. I mean, do we? What do we think about Porzingis's injury? Do we think that's actually something? I mean, he went out there and scored 34 points in three quarters <laughs> today or two days after. So you have to believe that it's it's not anything major major it sounded he said that he's going to need surgery in the offseason so you have to believe that he thinks he could play through it for the entire year which is good i mean never want to have your star player have surgery of any kind but maybe you get surgery and then you're better imagine think about that chris has to come back better next year that's what uh dennis smith jr said about his surgery but we'll get into that shortly um the the whole injury thing is just, you know, that's that's nothing. That's a veil. Uh, that's the Knicks just shaking their fingers at the NBA, being like, "We're gonna rest this guy and then pretend he's gonna he's injured." Um, if you listen to his interview, he was just like, "Yeah, you know, I this is something we're always injured uh, throughout the season. Like people are always playing through injury, and sometimes it's good to just like sit out and not play." Which is basically him saying, "I'm resting." Um, the thing about his elbow is that's not what he set out for. He set out for his ankle injury, and he said, like, the elbow thing's been going on for, like, two years, and it just gets inflamed, like, after every game. So, like, he says he thinks it's something that's eventually going to need surgery. So, like, in the end, I think this was just the Knicks resting him without resting him because you're not allowed to do that anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think that the NBA resting rule was not made for the New York Knicks. I don't think that they were too concerned about what the Knicks were going to do on, on a night-to-night basis. So I'm not sure. I think like if Chris Epps just rested, the NBA wouldn't care. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> the, the whole point is that like the NBA wants people who go to games to be able to see like star players. And right now, Chris Epps is a star player. And like one of their whole big things was if you're going to rest some, someone, do it at a home game because like then people can go see him other times whereas if you go to an away game you're never going to get that chance again and like they did the opposite they had a back-to-back and they played him in the home game and then sat him the next game so like i maybe they the nba wouldn't care but like they're really pushing the boundaries with that i also think it's pretty early in the season for you to be thinking that chris steps is going to be needing rest i know it's a back-to-back you don't want to play every night but they did extend the season so that there's way less back-to-backs and I don't really think it was just a resting thing. I think he may actually have a, a swollen elbow and an ankle thing. Yeah, I, I I think the thing to watch, and I I mentioned it half jokingly, and Greg, you called me called me out on it, but it, it'd be interesting. To see, I think this becomes a factor if the Knicks season does go south, and then or if Porzingis goes down south. That you know, if if we're sneaking up on the final month of the season and the Knicks are out of it or something like that, I could see them pulling the plug and being like, oh, yeah, Chris Stapps, that, that nagging elbow, we're just going to deal with it now, something like that. Um, yeah, as of now, like you mentioned, he went out the other night and got, what, 34? So it's 
clearly not bothering him <laughs> as as much as as much as other things. It's like uh, when Melo played the All Star game, and then he was like, "I should get surgery on my knee." Actually, it could be like that, right? Um, and then uh, the final topic I, again, when I if, if there's any talking Knicks or talking Yankees followers that have have come to talking Knicks again, we appreciate you. Uh, but it, it used to be funny for me because when me and John Boy would talk, the the most important topic for about two months from like the All Star break till September was uh, how good are we? Like, are <laughs> it was are the Yanks a playoff team? Are they a championship team? Where where do they land? Um, man, you, you guys have been a little more gung ho than me. I guess Greg, you've been the most gung ho. Um, like are are our new season expectations like a seven eight seed or 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 what? Uh, I don't really have expectations. I'm just rooting for the Knicks to win games. So wow, hot take. That's what it is. I mean, it is a hot take based on some of the stuff I've heard from you guys. <laughs> yeah, that's so. true. Go Knicks. Uh, I think best case scenario is the seven eight seed, like you said. Uh, before the season, we thought that the Hornets had one of those spots locked up, but seeing what they're doing, it doesn't really look like it. Like they do, Pistons are good. Heat don't look very good, so could be, could be those two spots could be open. I also don't believe that the Magic are a real team that's good at basketball. <clears throat> I know they just beat us, but we didn't have Porzingis, and we turned the ball over one million times, and they didn't beat us by like a lot. Good points. Um, I think, you know, like I said before, we haven't – the only team that we've beaten that is currently over 500 is the Nuggets. I know we beat the Cavs, and, like, I keep saying this, but, like, we caught them at the wrong time. Right now they're playing terrible basketball. So, like, I'm not going to get too excited about it. I think this week is kind of going to be the litmus test. We're going to play a few good teams. We're going to play Cleveland again, Utah, and Toronto. If we come out of this week 2-1, two, 3-0, two and oh, then, then I, uh, I'll, I'll be ready to kind of adjust my expectations. I think that if we, if we go zero and three this week, it was just an unlucky week. Sometimes the shots don't fall. Yeah, sometimes the ball doesn't sometimes, go in. And sometimes the ball doesn't go in. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm on board. Keeper in the Knicks. The what are we? Five and five and two in our last, whatever. Seven and three in our last seven, ten. Seven, seven and three in our last ten. We're. We're six and two at home, four and three in the conference. We're one and three on the road, and we haven't had <laughs> like a true road stretch, kind of. So that that could be something. Um, Played a lot of home games. Yeah, it's I, I don't know. You're looking at the standings right now in the East. I mean the so the the two things that look really out of place are the Magic, like you mentioned, and the and the the Cavaliers. Uh, the Bucks are a little low. Man, I I was kind of meh on the the Bledsoe trade Milwaukee made. Um, man, you kind of forget that that guy's got some freaky attributes. He's got some long arms. He can really push the ball. Him him and Giannis, their first game together, they looked good, and it, like I said, it was their first game together. So that's that's a little talking bucks for the fans. But um, just standing-wise, yeah, it's it's something you can start looking at a little bit. I That road thing was just a realization for me, and if they continue – to be a one and three team on the road, then things are going to level out pretty quickly. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, we're rooting for the Knicks to win? Question um, mark. We're we we've got pick ideas in the back of our head, but yeah, let's 
ride ride that beautiful butterfly right now. And while while we haven't beat anyone spectacular, we also haven't lost to anyone like unspectacular. Losses are Celtics, Rockets, Pistons, who have been really good so far this year, Magic without Porzingis, and then the Thunder, first game of the year. Who um, they haven't been great, but you know they do have really really good players on their team. So maybe the the bad thing about those losses is that some of them were really really big blowouts. Celtics, Rockets, Thunder lost by like twenty each time. So maybe that's a bad sign of where we are. But lose by one point, lose by twenty points is the same thing at the end of the night. And Knicks win by one point, win by twenty points is the same thing. We're trying to do that more. Think about yeah. it. And and I, I think that we've kept coming back to this joke, but in the back of our heads, we throw out the first three games with Baker in session. So it's kind of like we're seven and two, right? Is that how it works? Um, but yeah. We and throw I, out those games and we throw out the game that KP didn't play. So yeah. we're seven and two, right? We're essentially undefeated. Yeah. So we're, we're reporting yeah. for the undefeated Knicks. And uh, Ken, you you mentioned Cleveland coming up, and it's another topic we didn't know if it was a small thing. We didn't know we didn't know the lead off the show and the show where in the show. Let's talk about this LeBron uh, Dennis Smith Jr. situation. I I'll, I'll let you take the rock on this one because I know you're you're on it. What is LeBron doing? Like really, he just he just played a game. His team is under five hundred, and like he's coming out and being like. This guy I just played should have been taken by the Knicks. Like, why are you talking about the Knicks, man? But, like, I have said this before on the podcast. The Knicks could not take Dennis Smith Jr. He has an AC, he had an ACL tear in high school, and he refused to give them medical records and refused to see their uh, the team physician. So, like, they couldn't take him. Like, LeBron has a track record of being just a terrible uh, GM. He made the, the Cavs trade for Anton Jameson, and that – completely screwed up their calf situation. Um, he was pissed at the heat for waving Mike Miller. And like, that was part of the reason he left. And like, he's really good about getting his buddies involved. Like he got James Jones brought into into a bunch of his teams, but like James Jones doesn't do anything. And apparently like he's, uh, he's Dennis Smith Jr.'s mentor. So like, I guess they're boys. So he just figured the need to, you know, throw something, some shade at the Knicks for no real reason. Yeah. I mean, what? What do you? I agree. What are you doing, LeBron? He just. Wh- why are you talking about the Knicks? I'm. I'm just gonna repeat everything that Kenny just said again because because <laughs> he nailed it. Uh, just the thing is, the Knicks picked eighth overall too. It's not like they had the first pick and they they were the one team that didn't select Dennis Smith Jr. There are seven other teams that didn't pick Dennis Smith Jr. And the Knicks also beat the Cavaliers by 19. So what? What? What's wrong with what we got going on right now? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, and it's man, I I get that Dennis Smith Jr. <clears throat> Dennis Smith Jr. has been what you want to see from a rookie on a bad team, right? He's he's getting good minutes. He's playing pretty well. He's having his moments. His his downfall right now are, you know, kind of shooting struggles, which a lot of young guys have when they come into the league. But, man, I mean, you know, you called out GM LeBron, which we've, we've talked about um, off the record many times. Is this on the record? I don't know. 
But, man, we in our lot of basketball podcasts, which we posted it last week and you all listened to, um, you know, we were talking about redrafting in the this year's NBA draft. And, man, I think you can make a pretty – I'm not going to say airtight argument. I, I guess it depends kind of what you're looking for and, and where you think their, their ceiling ends up. You can make a very solid argument that Frank, at this point, was the right pick. And we expected Dennis Smith Jr. to be a lot more NBA ready than, you know, the, the, I, I call him the French boy sometimes. Um, I, he, but he, again, you're, you're looking for a skill set, right? And he's showed this passing ability, creativity. Um, I, the thing I, I think I got a laugh out of one of you guys this week. I, I was hoping I got a laugh out of you guys was, the the biggest thing they said that the game was going to be like too fast for him. Like they didn't know if he had the foot speed, which I was like, how do you, you know, did you time his 40 or do any shuttles or anything like that? Like what? But I mean, he looks like an NBA player right now, which we didn't really expect from the, the 19 year old French French boy. So yeah. I, and, I don't know, LeBron, get out of here, LeBron. And Jake, kudos to you. Cause I mean, you said before the season, like this is what we expected from Dennis Smith jr. Like a, a very early early peak like he came in NBA ready and Dallas is 2 and 11 now so like he's getting empty stats but like if you want if you want to kind of in-depth dive on on Frank uh, our co-correspondent Tom Piccolo has an article out on the a lot of basketball.com and uh, he gets into a lot of that <clears throat> but long story short is like he's a very good player and he's only 19 like he's younger now than Dennis Smith Jr was when he started college so like I I really just don't know what LeBron was doing. Dennis Smith Jr. is also 19, so I'll defend him on that. that oh, point. So my bad. Um, I, I like but, the bigger though. But uh, two and eleven is bad. I'll say that. And it's <laughs> hot not, take, Greg. Easy with the hot takes. It's not like he's averaging 20 points per game. He just scored 20 against LeBron, so LeBron is like, oh. This guy's the best player ever. But if LeBron looked at his actual stats, he's averaging 15 on a 2-11 and 11 team as, like, the, the second option behind Harrison Barnes, who's also bad. So, I, I, I don't know. Like, are we going to – this guy's posting really, really great empty stats. So, he's better than the guy on the 7-5 and five team. That's they're not, they're not great stats either. <laughs> yeah. His stats aren't that great, and the Knicks are seven and five, which we didn't expect. We expected the Knicks to be bad at the at the beginning of the year. I think you guys were rooting for the Knicks to be one of the worst teams in the league, and I was just expecting it. But that's not that's not what's happening right now. We look like we're an actual decent team. We were just talking about the playoffs. We were just talking about the seven seed, not even the eight seed. So, and that's large because of Frank. Frank, uh, during those two big comeback wins, would play the entire fourth quarter. Just his defense is elite already. Uh, is it elite? Uh, are we ready to say that? It, it it comes and goes. Like there's times when uh, when he gets beat where it's like ah that shouldn't happen. But there's more more often than not he's just taking James Harden's cookies. And again, check check out our our boy Tommy P's article on it because he he dives into that as well. But yeah, I I don't know, just LeBron. LeBron's kind of a media weirdo, and uh, this is this is kind of just I'll I'll go fully off the train tracks. 
the whole Durant thing that happened with all the burner accounts where he was pumping himself up, which is mind numbing that a world-class athlete has to defend himself on secret Twitter accounts. But the thing that goes ignored with a lot of these guys is like Kevin Durant's whole story was that he spent like his whole childhood at a gym in Baltimore. Right. So like, and then these guys become media sensations, but they haven't socialized their whole life. Like, like I, I got really mad the other day about LeBron. Like, there was I, I turned on ESPN and they had a full article on LeBron doing the Arthur fist thing. That's cool nowadays, because Kyrie had a good game, and I was like, at, at first I was like, oh man, the media is just kind of trying to make a story, and you know LeBron's kind of silly in the media. He's just just saying like, oh Kyrie, you know good but wish you were here or something like that and then i was like what this is a grown man like subtweeting isn't something that like should be su- acceptable in society like oh here's another subtweet from lebron buckle up like no dude you're a grown-up <laughs> like <laughs> like what I, I don't know what the dude's doing man because like like he's i'm gonna go off on on a. Something's going Wheels on here. Are coming off. <laughs> I'm gonna go off on uh, on GM LeBron again for a second because, like, remember last year when like their team was just ridiculously over the cap, and he came out and he's like, "We need a playmaker," and everyone's like, "What the hell are you talking about, man? Like, you can't just go out. Like, it's it's impossible to trade someone with your situation. You can't sign anyone because you have to pay four times their salary. Like, what are you talking about?" And then Deron Williams just magically like got waved and ended up on the on the Cavs. So it's just like I don't know what this guy's doing, but like I I I don't know, man. It's just making me angry to talk about it. Um, one last point on that: I think people were mentioning maybe this was just his his uh, parting shots at Phil Jackson for his his remarks in his book about um, LeBron and his quote unquote posse, which is uh, foul language to some. So. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back from the mic because I'm just getting heated. Yeah, and again, I already said this, but I'm going to say it again. There were seven other teams that didn't pick Dennis Smith's junior. But why? I know the Knicks were the draft pick directly before the Mavericks, but there was other teams. It's not. He basically was like, oh, the Knicks are the only team that made a bad draft pick this year, which, which is a weird thing to say. I don't. I don't understand. And it's it's super early. Like who? I mean, I've, I've got I've got the draft board up in front of me. Like, you could make an argument for Fultz and maybe like Jonathan Isaac right now, but kind of everyone ahead of him is playing. You Lori. Yeah, the Lori Markinen's a stud. I've and you can make an argument for the guys behind him. Malik Monk had his Garden game. Zach Collins has been playing well. Everybody loves Donovan Mitchell. So like. LeBron, cut the tape. Cut the and tape. Frank, Frank is really good. We keep saying that. Yeah. But you know what we didn't talk about is Enos Cantor and Chris Stapps coming out and being like, this is our guy. What are you talking about? We're, we're all in on this guy, which is which is what you love to hear. Yeah, and I, I've, I've, I mentioned it a couple times. Man, the my friends that enjoy the Thunder and just if you follow Enos on social media, he's – He's like a great locker room guy. He's a guy you love having on your team. He's borderline silly, but he'll also protect you. He's got that like 
kind of enforce your stuff. And that's where, again, we'll, we'll spin it, I'm sure in later episodes, but it's finding who, who fully fits with, um, with Porzingis long-term. I mean, right now it's fun, but that's, that's a whole nother thing. Um, so I have, I have kind of two last things. Um, one is just to kind of go along with what Greg was saying on, on how early it is. Like he's put, filling up empty stats. Like this is like, I, I'm not going to look at any stats at all, but I'm just going to throw this out there. Cause I know Michael Carter Williams won uh, rookie of the year, his uh, rookie year playing for the Sixers and it was just a terrible team. And like Giannis, I think was also in that class. So it's just being like, Oh, like, they definitely should have taken Michael Carter Williams. That was definitely the right choice over Giannis. But like, what? Like, why are you bringing that up right now? Um, and second thing, I don't. I just don't know if maybe like LeBron's trying to do some sort of Jedi mind tricks, and it's like this is the Knicks, man. What are you doing? Like, are you? Is he trying to like create that divide in the locker room and like get the New York media going? Is he trying to divert attention from the fact that his team's under five hundred? And I don't know. I just don't know what the guy is doing. I also watched like the last two minutes of the Mavericks Cavs game last night, and Dennis Smith Jr. hit a three when they were down five, cut it to two, and then he missed a wide open layup when they were down four with like thirty seconds left. And when when I say like he missed a wide open layup, I mean there was no one guarding him. He got past Jeff Green, had a layup, decided that instead of doing a regular layup, he should do a reverse. And he did it, and then he missed, and then the Mavericks lost the game because of him. So he's super athletic. He should have dunked it. Pick him up. Yeah, we we want him if he's blowing games like that. Speaking of blown games, I guess that segues in us into next week, pretty much. Can you you at the tip of the iceberg there? We're you know it's still three games. We got two at home again. We've got Cleveland, Utah at Toronto. Uh, Again, kind of you you touched on it. You know, we're we're tiptoeing around. I, I guess we're kind of waiting for that that moment to go. You know, Greg's kind of half jokingly mentioned that he's in on this team winning and all that. Like, and I feel like we, I've been ending every show with this, but like a three and zero week this week, and I'm like, let's go. Like, it's it's it, it would be on. I mean, I. Utah is one of the best defensive teams in the league. I think that's going to be interesting because right now defensively we're we're still not there, so it's going to, going to be a push-shove. And Cleveland's a coin flip right now, right? Like you could get the defending champs or you could get um, just this garbage team that's showing up most, most nights for them. Um, and then at Toronto is what it is. I mean, they've been a top four team in the East for a while now. They've got a pretty good, pretty good home court there. Um, what, any, any tidbits? What, what do you think we're going to see this week? So, like I said earlier, this is kind of a, a pivot week for me. Like, I feel like if, if they can have a good week this week, then I'm, you know, I'm going to start changing my opinion of like what this team can be. Um, just on a side note for me is like, until we got Frank, I didn't realize just how, well, I realized, but I didn't really put together how many French people there were in the league. Um, like we had, yeah. We had uh, we played Batum last week. We played Fournier like within the last couple of weeks, and now we're going up against Rudy Gobert, who is one of the people who was uh, defending the pick of Frank when uh, when it happened. And Fran Fraschilla said he was a fifty nine percent bust potential. So, um, so Rudy's cool in my book. So Kenny but, is rooting for the Jazz this week. Kenny's a Jazz fan. Uh, Rudy 
is not cool in my book because he's not on the Knicks. Nice. And Strong I would say point. that we don't need a three and a week for me to be a believer. Um, beat the Jazz, I think, and I'm I'm good. One and two, not ideal, but Cavs and Toronto are both good. Two and one, then I, I want you guys on board with me. I'll be on board with you if we go two and one. All right, that sounds good. But I think the Jazz game, we talk about pivot games every week. I think the Jazz game is the pivot game this week. Because that's the team that we think we should beat. The Raptors have been good. They've had our number for a little bit. They're in our division. They're a good team. But Jazz, I don't, I don't, I'm not really a Jazz guy. Uh, I know our friend Tom is, but he's not here, so he's wrong. And <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, we gotta beat the Jazz. That's what, yeah, that's what I got. It's it's kind of funny. We're all like penciling a, w- a win against Cleveland right now, which if you said that before the season would have been kind of hilarious. Um, yeah, we'll see. And I, I, something I I kind of forgot about because this sounds bad, but over the past decade, you kind of forget the Knicks play at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> it's like that when that place is rocking, it's awesome. Like argue. I think a, a very easy argument to say one of the best, if not the best place in sports when it's just out of control. And that's been great to see. But the other side of that, we saw Malik Monk, you know, that's, that's the ultimate, right? You go, these guys work their whole life to get to the NBA. And if you say, you know, if you were just going to finish that sentence with a blank, like, wow, I've played my whole life. I can't believe I'm playing in blank. It's Madison square garden. It's not, you know, it's not American Airlines Arena or anything like that. I guess if you're a West Coast guy, you can make a Staples Center argument. Um, I, that was, I guess that's my my what to watch for in the Utah game is uh, Donovan Mitchell. He's been taking a lot of shots, and he's not a great shooter. So, hey, if 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 you're looking for something, if, if he's trying to have his Madison Square Garden moment, he could easily <coughs> – I, you know, I, I don't want to rip on the kid. A lot of guys like him, but he, he could put up a three for 15 type night pretty easily. Um, that being said, you know, it goes the other way. It could be a long night for the Knicks. So that's, that's, that's my insider information, which really isn't inside or information, but that's, that's what I got. What, um, so I've been going into pretty much the last few weeks, just thinking, you know, who is Frank going to match up with? Who am I going to get to see him defend? And like, what's going to happen and you know the possibility of Donovan Mitchell and then I got my eye on uh, Toronto and Kyle Lowry because you know Kyle Lowry is a very physical player and that's been the thing with Frank is like he's he's 19 so he's not you know completely developed so I'm going to be interested to see how he defends Kyle Lowry and uh, my parting shot what to watch for this week or what to to hope you don't see this week is Chris Stapps flailing we we don't want to talk about it, but we see it. Yeah. Uh, he's just trying to get to the line, which you respect. But Chris Stapps, do it do it the right way. The thing, the thing we loved about Melo is that Melo got destroyed and never got a foul call for him. And he <laughs> we loved that it. about him. I loved it. He took it like loved man. it about him. Hated about the refs. Yeah, hated about the refs. Uh, best part of Melo was every time he got hit in the head. His headband would move, and then he would just play like that for the rest of the possession. <laughs> be like, hey, ref, I got fouled, and here's the proof. Look at this. Yeah. Yeah, I, so I'm I'm going to cop out a little bit. Um, so I, I know we're week to week here, but 
Yeah, the Knicks November is pretty gnarly. We've got Cleveland, Utah at Toronto, uh, Clippers, Toronto at Atlanta at Houston versus Portland versus Miami. That's the rest of November. So, I mean, Portland, Houston, Toronto, Clippers, Toronto, Utah, Cleveland. I mean, that's that's a lot of playoff teams. So I'm I'm going to cop out and say, well, if they go 3-0 this week, I'll freak out. How about that? I'll, I'll be on that. But I think by the end of November, we're going to have a much better idea of what this Knicks team really is. All right. Sounds good. Like we that? didn't have a single Stranger Things reference this podcast, and I'm a little disappointed. Wow. That's – Greg – the fans are going to have their eyes on you, just being honest. I've said before, uh, not to anybody, I posted on Facebook one time, but we're probably not friends with anybody. I said, this is either the best Knicks podcast or the worst Stranger Things podcast out there. Either way, we'll we'll take it. Um, so, yeah, any any final things? You guys good? I think good. I'm good, baby. Go Knicks. All right, go Knicks. Um, if you're listening, thank you. We, we really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> Subscribe, download. Uh, we do the post game write ups. Follow us on Twitter, Talking Knicks. We've got John Boy doing the live gift game. He's 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 really been killing it with that. Um, it's it's almost more entertaining because he doesn't have a great grasp of basketball, so it kind of pulls away from basketball a little bit, which is a lot of fun. The Chris Stapp stare down was good, and um, I I don't know if I fully showed you guys, but I'm uh I'm all in on on talking UConn. I'm a uh, I know that's not the most transitive for this fan base. There will be a little bit there. But, um, hey, if you like UConn Huskies or you just weirdly like hearing me talk, we're, I'm, I'm talking Huskies this season. So we appreciate it, guys. Let's, let's go Knicks. Go Huskies. Go Yanks.